Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 032, flour and oil. Wake up call 032, flour and oil. I want to go to 1 Kings 17, verse 8. I'm going to read a couple verses here for our wake up call. 1 Kings 17, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded you a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Verse 11. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she, the widow, said to Elijah, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. See, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward some of for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away, did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Then the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the flour jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Where we find ourselves here in 1 Kings chapter 17, the beginning of this chapter, we see out of nowhere a man named Elijah. This is when Elijah comes on the scene. It's 1 Kings 17. We don't know where he was before this. We just know he's a Tishbite. Verse 1 tells us, lived in Gilead, and he just shows up, a prophet of God, a man of God. And he goes to King Ahab. In 1 Kings 17, verses 1, he goes to King Ahab, and he tells him, Ahab, because of your sin, because you've led Israel into idolatry, because you have broken the commandments of the Lord God, in, because of that, there will be no rain for these years, until I say so, verse 1, except at my word. So he goes before King Ahab, who was a wicked king, him and his wife Ahab and his wife Jezebel. They led the nation of Israel into idolatry, which idolatry is not just, you know, having this little idol set up in the corner of your room. It was full-on idolatrous worship, which involved many sinful, sexual, grotesque, murderous 
acts of quote unquote worship and in this religion of worshiping Baal, I mean, it involved child sacrifice, temple prostitution. It was just extremely wicked and ungodly. And the Lord brought judgment against Israel, not, and not because he's, you know, well, God's so mean, why did he do that? No, he's very kind and merciful. And he sent his word for them to repent, and they continued in their idolatry. And so he sends a man named Elijah, who's a prophet of God, and spoke on the behalf of God. It's very interesting, but, I mean, it just point blank says in the Bible right there in verse 1, Elijah said, it's not going to rain until I say it, says it, until I say it will rain. There, there was some very powerful anointing on this man's words, and God backed them up. Now, he was moving under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He didn't just, you know, spout off at the mouth. He, he was commanded by God to do it, obviously, by the Spirit. But he said, I'll tell you when it rains, and it won't rain until I say so. Well, because of that, God then tells Elijah, hey, you need to go uh, stay by the brook Cherith near which flows into the Jordan. Go here and I'm going to provide for you. Now, if you've never read the story, it's really interesting, but he, he lives, camps out by this brook so they can have water, and then ravens come and feed him. Well, what's interesting is, by Mosaic law, ravens are unclean. <laughs> ravens are unclean animals, but yet this unclean animal brought him food twice a day. Well, eventually, because there's no rain, this brook, Cherith, dries up. And when that brook dries up, the Lord tells Elijah, go to Zarephath in a place called Sidon. Now, what's interesting is Zarephath, which is a city in this area called Sidon, a city nation, it isn't in Israel. It's outside of Israel. So God first provides for Elijah with an unclean animal, according to Mosaic law. Then he tells him to go into a Gentile nation and let a Gentile widow woman feed and take care of you for the remainder of the days of this famine. Well, Elijah goes and he's obedient. I want to look at what, what brought about this miracle supply for this widow woman. Because here's the thing. Elijah, he was provided for because he obeyed God, obviously. In fact, of the Believer's Bible Commentary, it says this, God's man obeying God's voice will always have his needs met despite the conditions that prevail around him. That's William MacDonald was the author of the Believer's Bible Commentary, and I, I really like that. God's man obeying God's voice will always have his needs met despite the conditions that prevail around him. Now, that's obviously focusing in on Elijah. Here's Elijah who's doing the ministry of the Lord, bringing about judgment, rightly so, against a sinful fallen nation. And God is still providing for them. Ahab, they're out searching for water. They can't find water anywhere. Ahab, he's, he's <clears throat> sinned against the Lord. He refuses to repent. His heart's hardened towards God. It will stay that way until there's this showdown of fire with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And so they're searching. He's, he wants to kill Elijah, let alone not repent. He want, he's, wants to murder the prophet who brought about this famine or this drought that then produced famine. But Elijah, who obeyed God, he's being provided for supernaturally. So there's one aspect. In this miracle supply that we see that takes place, 
the man of God, the, the person called by God is taken care of, but also the widow who provided for the man of God, who provided for this prophet, she is taken care of. And there's four elements that I want you to see, three on our behalf, one on God's, to get to this miracle blessing. The first is the word of the Lord. Verse 8, 1 Kings 17, 8, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, So there's a word that came to Elijah. And then Elijah repeats it to this widow woman in verse 12. So she said, or excuse me, verse 13, Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first, bring it to me, and afterwards take some for yourself and your son. Verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So the first thing, the first step in this miracle process is the word of the Lord came about. The word of the Lord came about. Elijah, he moved on the behalf of the word of God. Go down to Zarephath. There's a widow woman that I've prepared for you. And then Elijah gives a word of God to the widow woman. Go and do as you've said, but first bring me a little piece of bread from what little flour and oil you have left. Make your bread, this last, what you think will be the last meal, and then you, you and your son die. Bring me a portion of that first. Here's the thing. Psalms 119 and 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God always gives you direction. The word of the Lord directed Elijah where he should go, and the word of the Lord directed this widow woman what she should do. The word of God is an action plan. The Word of God gives you direction. Now, here's the thing. You can choose to do it or not. If Elijah didn't obey the Word of the Lord, he would still be sitting by that dry brook with no water and nothing to eat. The widow woman could have refused to obey the Word of the Lord, and she would have eaten her last bit of bread, and it would have been her last meal, and her and her son and her family would have died. The word of the Lord gives you direction, and look, sometimes that direction may be completely contrary to natural wisdom, natural thought process. In this instance, both went against the common natural thinking. For Elijah, wait a minute, you want me to go to a Gentile nation, an unclean people, and stay with an unclean woman? I'm not even supposed to be seen out in public with Gentiles, let alone a Gentile widow woman, a poor Gentile widow woman. But that's who God sent him to. For, for this widow woman, what do you mean make you a piece of bread? I don't even know you. You just showed up and you start telling me what God's saying and you want me to give you a piece of bread? The word of the Lord came and it gave direction. It's your, the word of God comes to you and me and it gives us direction, but it's up to us to obey. Now, I believe we're going to obey because we're the faithful. I believe that when we receive the instruction of the Lord, we quickly obey. Because after all, delayed obedience is just a form of disobedience. As long as, long as I'm delaying to obey, I'm in disobedience. Delayed obedience is just another form of disobedience. But Elijah and the widow, they didn't delay. They acted on the Word of God. They put the Word of God 
into practice. They acted on it. Because after all, it was a lamp. It gave, it showed direction. It revealed, just like a light, just like a flashlight, reveals the pathway for you to walk on. So does the Word of God. Second thing I want you to see in this miracle process. First, the Word of the Lord that came. Secondly, verse 13, Elijah said to her, Do not fear. When the Word of God comes into your heart, when you receive instruction from God by the Holy Spirit, by His Word, you will always have an opportunity to fear. But the thing about fear is, fear is in opposition of faith, always. If you're fearful, you're not being faithful. Fear is always in direct opposition to faith. In fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, as a Christian, as a believer, you should commit this, commit this to memory. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. In fact, when I give the reference, probably some of you are saying it out loud that are listening. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God's not given us this spirit. Notice that spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. And spirits control things. God has not given us that spirit of fear. He's given us power. We receive power by the Holy Spirit of love. We have had the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and of a sound mind. We have received the wisdom of God by the Holy Spirit. And when the word of the Lord comes to you, when you receive the word of God, when you open up your Bible, you always have an opportunity to fear or you have an opportunity to be faithful. And I choose to be faithful. I believe you're choosing to always be faithful, not fearful, but faithful. After all, with this widow woman, naturally, here we are, we've been experiencing and suffering from this drought, where, whether it be weeks, months, I don't, I'm looking, I don't, I don't see where it says a specific time. Yeah, verse 7, and it happened after a while. So what's a while? Weeks? Months? I mean, if it, go, if it doesn't rain here where I live for about a week, you know, the grass is already starting to turn brown. Give it a couple more weeks and, you know, what, corn dries up, crops dries up, fruit orchard trees dry up, water levels and water tables get real low. Another few weeks, man, I mean, probably just dust everywhere. Animals are, you know, they've got less and less to eat and graze on. So after a while, who knows, weeks, months, but this widow woman's been suffering because of this famine, of this drought that produced a famine. And so naturally she has a really good opportunity to fear. But instead of being fearful, she chooses to be faithful. Third thing I want you to see. First, the word of the Lord comes. Secondly, do not fear. Number three, obey. Verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She did it. She obeyed the word of the Lord that came through the prophet Elijah. She obeyed. I wrote this down. Obedience is the love language. Excuse me. Let me start over again. Obedience is the language of love. Obedience is the language of love. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience is the language of love. That's what Jesus is saying here. 
You know, if I really love someone, I want to do what they will and what they desire. I want to please that person. I want to please them. And if I really love Jesus, I want to please him. How can I please him? By committing myself to his instruction, by submitting myself to his will, and by obeying his word, by keeping his commandments. And this widow woman, she obeyed. That's where the power is. Let me tell you something, friend. That's where the power of God shows up in your life. It is at the point of obedience. When you obey God, there it is. That's the point where the power of God interjects itself into your life and changes things. That's when miracles take place. That's when the blessing comes. That's when healing and restoration takes place. At the point of obedience. Simply believe. Only believe. And simply obey. Because obedience is the language of love. And then what does that produce? It produces the miracle blessing. Verse 16. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he, the Lord, spoke by Elijah. The word of the Lord came. Elijah, the widow woman, both had great opportunities to be fearful. But instead of being fearful, they chose to be faithful. And they both obeyed God. And when they did that, the miracle blessing came. Now, this is a, not just a, like a—it's kind of funny to say it out loud—a normal blessing, as if a blessing is normal. I mean, a blessing is from God Almighty, so it, it, it is supernatural in itself. But this is like an extra supernatural blessing. This bin of flour, she kept scooping, and flour was still there. Every time she took her measuring cup to scoop out that flour, or probably not a measuring cup in that day, probably her hand, making it from scratch, right? Every time she scooped it out, there's still more flour. Pouring out that oil, there's still more oil. Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The miracle blessing always comes into your life. Once you receive the word, you refuse to be fearful, but rather faithful, And you obey. And then God does his part. Our part is to receive the word, refuse to be fearful, be faithful, and obedience. God's part is to bring about the miracle blessing. And here's the thing. Verse 15 says, The woman, the widow woman, her son, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. She was, notice that, before the word of the Lord came, She was preparing a piece of bread for herself and her son, two people. But once she obeyed God, God gave her so much increase, supernatural provision of flour and oil that would never... Imagine after she baked a couple loaves of bread, she she was probably like, this really works. It's not going away. She probably had a bake-off and baked as many loaves of bread as she could and and invited her family, her whole household, her whole family. So she went from her being able to provide for her and her son one last meal to, I can provide for the whole family in the midst of a drought and a famine. And I want you to know the power and provision of God is no less today.
when you hear his word, submit yourself to it, refuse to fear, and you obey, the blessing will come on your life so strong, it will overtake you, overshadow you, and cause you to be so prosperous in any area of life, in every area of life, that you will not just be blessed yourself, but a blessing to everyone you come into contact with. In Jesus' name, I pray that for you. I want you to be blessed, richly blessed. So commit yourself to, the, to obeying the Word of God. Refuse to fear and receive the Word of God joyfully. Hey, I'm so thankful that you've listened or that you've watched today. However you're hearing this, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whether you're watching some clips on TikTok, whether you're uh, listening to the podcast channel, I'm really, really thankful that you take time out of your day to join me here on the Faith for My Generation podcast. Hey, if you've not left the five-star review on the podcast channel, I'd really appreciate it if you could. And, um, you know, if you're able to share this any way that you can. I would love for you to give this a share, share it with some friends or something like that. Send it in a text, a link to the podcast channel. I'd really appreciate that as well. And of course, this coming Thursday, uh, we'll have our fourth installment of this mini-series, Who Is This Jesus? We had a little break last week where I I released a a replay of a message that I preached on soul winning. And so we're going to get back to that mini-series, Who Is This Jesus? Where we will see how Jesus is the Good Shepherd. But until then... I'm thankful for you, and remember, we are the faithful. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.